been episode 183 of Friends and Film, where we bring you the latest movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week are Stuber and Crawl. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everyone. Hello, Cooper. Hello. Welcome back Thank to you. the pod. Didn't go anywhere without you, but no. just welcome back. <laughs> Appreciate it. He has returned from vacation. Yes, from Wyoming. Uh, the newest Western place. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Ah, oh yeah, Jackson Hole. Mm-hmm. Now, we were just talking about Silicon Valley, yes. and there's some great Jackson Hole jokes about how like, you can stop by Jackson Hole, it's actually closer than LA, or Silicon Valley, or San Francisco, and then it makes them like, fly the plane around the world from China oh, like, yeah, four yeah, or five yeah. times. It's like, it won't have his wastefulness <laughs> go up against us. How was it, though? It was great. It was beautiful. Did this, uh, these ATV rides, which was uh, great. It was like four or five hours just mm-hmm. ATV riding up the mountains. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was we we're kind of on like a very strict schedule of like, you got to do this, this, this. So like, it felt more of like a trip, more so than a vacation mm-hmm. uh, technically, but, you know, still a good time. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And of course, Ron and I got back. First thing I did, within like an hour in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is amazing. Stuber, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Which we will be getting to later. Absolutely. Well, as for me, I don't have an ask for me. Oh, okay. um, I just tweeted a lot, mostly. About and anything specifically? <laughs> no, nothing specifically. No. But also, we have a Twitter account here at Friends and Film, and we tweet from it. We what do. a coincidence. That's crazy. But you can jump on there to our Twitter, at Friends in Film. And if you're looking for movie reviews like we're about to do, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere podcasts can be found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us, and then we can find more friends of the show. That's right. Now, we have been gone for, it's been two weeks since we recorded, which I think is the longest we've gone without recording. Yes. Um, in the three and a half years of doing this podcast. Nuts. Um, Wait. Is, that, is it two and a half years? No, it's only been a week and a half. A week and a half. True. Taped Wednesday we recorded. last week. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. For Spider-Man. So yeah, if you haven't checked that out yet, we do have our Spider-Man Far From Home uh, spoiler heavy review discussion up uh, as well on all those podcast feeds Josh has talked about. Um, but in addition to Spider-Man Far From Home, while I was on vacation, uh, is there anything else that you watched? Yes, of course. Um, and... We were going to talk about it, but that changed. But I, I have Midsommar. Um, you know, I have seen it. I wrote about it. You can jump over to friendsandfilm.wordpress.com to check it out. A lot of you have. And I was blown away. Um, not, not only in terms of Ari Aster doing Ari Aster things, but this time around, the scale at which he did it. Like, there's, there's a, there is a, like, almost like fantasy slash epic quest-like journey formula that he's like applying to a horror film in this way and it just i don't know it takes you through it takes you like truly on like a quest to almost like middle earth in a lot of ways it's so fantastical and good but then profoundly screwed up and like dark and somewhat psychedelically weird in the end but i thought it was perfect yeah, so. no, I mean, we've already discussed in private. I mm-hmm. uh, don't need to get into that here that I did not necessarily love the movie. Um, just because it was, it was not my cup of tea. I think that's okay. as simple as I can say it. Um, but instead, uh, something I did see um, actually on the travel to Wyoming on the plane ride, I watched this movie called The Hummingbird Project, hmm. uh, which is a movie I'd heard a little bit of buzz about, but not I didn't know it was really out. Um, but it's Jesse Eisenberg, Alexander Skarsgård, and Salma Hayek came out earlier this year. Um, and it is 
uh, actually like great. Like I was like kind of surprised, um, but it's about these uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Alexander Skarsgård play these uh, friends slash coworkers who leave this like big corporation to take this tunnel from can I think it's uh, Kansas all the way to New York so that they can because they're uh, they're traders stock hmm. traders um, that they're trying to run a line through that they can get reports back um, a mill a point one milliseconds faster than their competitors so that they can make like an extra several hundred million dollars every single year um, so they're, they're, they're trying to do this with a lot of obstacles and then Salma Hayek is their former boss she learns about this she's like well this, this can't happen we have to create this other new technology to mm-hmm. stop them and it's like this arms race like sort of like wolf of wall street meets social network and maybe that's just because of the eisenberg connection uh-huh. um but it was actually really really good so if you have um the chance to check it out on like rent it on prime or itunes or something uh go check it out because it's actually really solid is it streaming anywhere i don't know if it's streaming for free anywhere i know you can like rent it and stuff from amazon and apple and perfect probably other places as well but that yeah sounds- it's uh it's really good that sounds like something I would love to. Yeah, and it's like it, it it doesn't beat you over the head with like all the details, but it gives you enough to be like, oh, I understand like what they're doing and like what the the difficulties are with like running this line, yeah, thousands of miles, the permits, like all the legal stuff. Like, who it's, knew it's pretty infrastructure good. could be so fun? Yeah, I, not me. <laughs> Uh, but we also did check out Stuber and Crawl. We're going to get into our Stuber review here first, uh, which is the movie I saw like an hour and a half or so after stepping off the plane, getting back here into Indiana. Um, and I thought that Stuber was really enjoyable. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, breaking a lot of new ground or really any new ground probably, but it's really just Kumail and Dave Batista just kind of going for it and be like, listen, this is our buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. And I was here for it. I was the only one in my theater at a 1030 showing on what? a Friday night. And I laughed. I had a great time just enjoying uh, the goofiness of it. The jokes like sure. Not all of them landed, but you know, that's par for the course with any comedy, especially when I think they throw out a lot of jokes in this movie. Um, the surprising part of it was actually like the violence and the action. Like it was a lot more violent than I was expecting. And the action's actually pretty well choreographed. Um, I wish they didn't give away the gun gag in the joke. Cause that or in the trailers. Cause that was really <laughs> clever. And I wish I would have saw that on yeah. the big screen for the first time. But um, I mean, otherwise I think you re- you really have to go to this movie for Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Batista. Mm-hmm. Kumail is probably the shining star between the two of them, um, but otherwise the story is busy, cliche. Um, you know, there's this whole like love story angle with Kumail's character that really that does absolutely nothing for the story. Could have been cut out completely and doesn't change a thing. Um, but you know, there's like still some good elements to it. There's Betty Gilpin's in there, Karen Gillan's in yes. here for a couple of seconds, mm-hmm. um, and like you know, it's got a solid cast. Eco Uace is like the main villain, I guess, basically. And uh, you know, yeah, there's good action, good jokes. It's very short. It's le- like it's just about an hour and a half long. Um, so it's sweet, short, funny, and uh, I think you, I I, w- I would recommend it to a lot of people. I would give it three and a half ticket stubs out of five josh yeah, yeah, yeah. what say you i say the same thing so stuber stuber is like it's stupid um but thankfully it's like the right amount of stupid for me to love um about you like you said you go for um bautiste and Ninjani and you just you just ride them the entire way it's a v it's, it's literally a vehicle for them just to be themselves or be the as close to themselves in character form as possible uh just in like a in, in this like 
uber iteration of uh, a buddy cop comedy or whatever the case is here. And yeah, it's perfect. It's like I'm like lethal weapon, but Kamel has no cop experience right. at all, other than driving. And the Joe, I mean, they they kind of play off of. Um, uh, Dave's like squinty, like squinty eyes, yeah, like he gets natu- LASIK surgery. LASIK, so he's just squinting his way through the movie, wearing these ridiculous goggles for some of it, and um, like I, I, I dig that so much. Like it's just, it just plays to their strengths the entire way through. Um, yes, it is violent. It's incredibly violent. I don't agree about the choreograph. The gun gag is the only thing that like really worked okay. for me like in terms of like oh wow that that was actually pretty cool how that mm-hmm. the back and forth there everything else was kind of a mess i thought um as far as you know these dramas go or comedies go this mm-hmm. is much more comedy i suppose but um it's it's just perfect in the regards that um they're just cruising around la a, a city i'd love to see show up on film and just you know hitting up all the places doing all the things um all the way through and I don't know what more to go at, but I just will stand up for anything Kamel's got, you know, coming down the pipeline. Uh, Dave's on his way to being something really cool, really great. Like, this is the first time I actually saw him not in makeup. No, that would have been Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. But he he just landing in a pure comedy, he was hitting all the right notes. Um, and you got to see some sides of him that I don't think I've seen before. And I was absolutely in love with that. So, um, story-wise, it's just... It's just, you know it's all the same like yeah. like plot twist the end of the movie and then like a button up where you're like ah ha ha that's funny the mm-hmm. end um, but it is it's just like a you know a 2019 version of something like um, 21 Jump Street when yeah. I really think about just it just not not quite as smart as 21 Jump exactly. Street exactly yep for sure so your oh, rating my rating thank you yes uh, three out of five okay mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that's right I don't know how much time we really need to spend in spoiler territory with Stuber but just like I guess in spoiler territory slash just get more specific about yes. it. I was so excited because I remembered Karen. I didn't remember. I discovered that Karen <laughs> Gilliam was in this movie and then dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no. And so I was so depressed about but like, like, that's one of, like, that thing. The, the opening action sequence was like between her and Eco. Like I liked that sequence. Hmm. Okay. That was the other saving grace. Okay. Yes. Um, and I think like Eco, a lot of his stuff really works um, out, outside of his character. His character is just, I don't like he's just a guy. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, I will say like yeah, he he is the one like one good part of this, but any of the gun action with Kamal and um Vic, or well Stu and Vic uh-huh. anywhere else in the movie, it's just like uh, that's pretty messy yeah, and that's just fair. like, you know, they got to they got to do this so they can get back to mm-hmm. the jokes about how many people just Dave just killed. Right. And all that. I mean, I wish like in terms of, like the story, I wish that they would have stripped out a lot of this uh the fluff to just give us more of like the stupor or like the uber side of this. Like, like I, lo- I love how in like the big climactic, you know, shootout mm-hmm. hostage situation between Stu and Vic and uh, Eco Uace's character that like they previously had called like all these Ubers. Yeah. And so all these big black SUVs start showing <laughs> up and Eco's like, Oh shoot, it's the feds. Yep. And they're like, they're trying to play it off. as like, they got backup. And then all mm-hmm. these Uber drivers like, Hey, you guys call all these Ubers? I was, yeah. like, I was like, yeah, like that's funny. Like, keep playing off that kind of stuff. Not in that say, like seconds later, like the previous like you know hour of the movie, they've been talking about how you know it's kind of been talking about how all these like movie action movie like, cliches are like impossible. Like you can't jump in front of a bullet mm-hmm. because like they move too quick. And so then they put themselves in that situation at the end. I was like, okay, you can't do 
that because mm-hmm. then you're doing exactly what you said could not be done. Right. And then they did it. And I was like, ah, like you got to do something smarter. They set up their joke and then they just like throw it down. Yeah. And so, yeah. Which I was like, I was, I was pretty disappointed by that one specific aspect of it. But, um, you know, I think there's still a lot of other good comedy in here regardless. Like the whole uh, like heart to heart sequence between uh, Stu and like the male stripper. I was like, <laughs> right. this is so weird. But it was, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then also like, yeah. And then they, there's also a couple of like tangents of like, about like, like Vic, you know, that's, that's t- There's like, 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 uh, like be a man and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like coaching him through his personal, they're coaching each other through their personal lives right. and everything like that. And that's when, um, uh, uh, Natalie Morales like shows up breath of fresh air in the yes. movie when she does. And like, there's plenty of good humor in there when mm-hmm. Stu's trying to work up his feeling or what, like ways to tell him his feelings. It's just like, you're watching Kamel kind of like do his comedy in the movie and like, and working through like insecurities and things like that. And that's where it's just like perfectly funny. Right. And uh, I'll enjoy it all for that. I mean, this has probably got to be like the easiest paycheck Betty Gilpin's ever received. Right. For sure. Like she had to go to one set <laughs> <laughs> to like go to the con- to go to the store the one time just to sign the lease over mm-hmm. get on the bike for that closing shot <laughs> and then other than that she's just in a on an iphone <laughs> screen yep so like that had to be what like three days of filming like that, that that is a nothing role for her which um on one hand good for her get that role on the other hand wish it would have been either more of her or just get rid of her completely because like Stu's conflict of whether or not he should be with her or go after her at the end of the day doesn't really mean anything for the movie like mm-hmm. and I was like if you're gonna get Betty Gilpin in here who's fantastic and glow yeah like give her something to do not don't just like make her the you know the the friend who's super attractive who Camille's attracted to and secretly in love with mm-hmm. that doesn't think of him that way and just been using him all this time yeah and then gets her heartbroken then they want to hook up I'm like come on like that's just so typical like mm-hmm. you can't give Betty anything better yeah but in the core like it's just their movie right so like I got it but then like yeah like I said like I got excited about all these like little avenues they could have like turned down and but then they're like oh no let's just get we got to get these two people and then like run through our like you said like our our really run-of-the-mill plot Mm -hmm. um and then instead of leaning into the ride-sharing aspects of it right like that I love love when oh you're you're in the uber pool system he's like what no (laughs) no I'm not get out of here Dave's just (laughs) yelling to those two girls uh because I thought that was funny like I love how when it does get in like the uber aspects of it it's like oh like Stu can't turn down like anything mm-hmm. because he has to keep his rating above a four right otherwise he loses the the job and it's like, mm-hmm. Needs like it all. there should have been like some more pressure on that because it's like is he like one like five star view away from being bumped up to a 4.2 or is it like the next review he gets will decide whether or not he goes to a, a 4.1 or a 3.9 yeah like there would have been some stakes in there because otherwise like he got he's like because like Stu got what like four one star reviews during the movie or something. <laughs> I think so. And he still stayed at four point one. So right. it's like if Vic would have gave him another one, would he have like dropped it down? Like would it really mattered at the end of the day? I don't really know. Um, I feel like we're just nitpicking uh, <laughs> Stu at this point, which is a movie that I think doesn't like. It's not going for that in any way. So it's, this is more just like a hey. This is a fun buddy comedy mm-hmm. with Dave Batista and Camille Nanjiani. You're right. here for it or you aren't. I was there for it. Yes. And I enjoyed it. So um, I think that's all we need to say about Stuber. Josh, will you ever watch Stuber again? No, I don't think so. It was a one and done for me. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not it's something I'm going to rush out to go see again. But if it's like, you know, on the, you know, it's on Disney Plus one day because oh, now sure. it's a Disney movie. Um, you know, I, I could 
possibly check it out one more time. It, it's possibly something I can put on the background while yeah. I'm trying not to pay attention to anything else. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is a good part. Yeah, this. but it's longevity. It's going to fade away as soon as you know we all leave Uber and move on to something else. You know, <laughs> right. and, and so the company crashes and burns when you base your movie around that. That's not going to get you pretty far. That's true. Uh, but we also both saw Crawl this weekend. We you did. did a review on friendsoffilm.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. Read uh, it right now. Which you quite enjoyed. I I super enjoyed it, and I really did not go into this movie with large expectations. The, we I gave it a ticket when it came time for it on ticket or skip it. I'm like, oh, that looks different and crazy, and but like really dark and serious. And you know, I'm a fan of uh, Alexandra Ahe, so let's do it. But then I got there, and the movie began, and I'm like, oh my goodness, is this actually going to be good? It began, and it was getting like these Jurassic Park vibes with the hurricane bearing down and this like tropical, um, you know, uh, you know, landscape scenario, all these things. I'm like, this is kind of my vibe. It felt dark and not gritty, but just I don't know. It was it was great. And then um, enter like this magnetic premise and filmmaking when they get into the crawl space of the basement because I misread the movie entirely and was just ultra impressed. I'm like, oh man, this is all going to take place down in this basement where they're like, where you have two people injured and they've got to fight their way past these crocodiles. And that's when it becomes just, uh, there's all of these different techniques and ways that they use to like bring out the drama and like make these 13 foot wide um, crocodiles that are only two foot tall, like seem like they're, you know, like, like Tyrannosaurus Rexes, right. you know, because like when he, for when you first see the jaws appear and a flash of lightning that like, it, it's instantly reminded me of Jurassic Park. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I would not want to be there. Get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. And that kind of just follows through with the rest of the movie. There isn't anything really going on here other than just, shouting and crying and trying to get or shouting and screaming and getting away from these crocodiles a lot of the ways through um but in that regard uh kaya scaldario scaldario yes thank you crush it um in that regard like i've i've really liked her in uh maze runner the death cure haven't seen the first two and so all the, oh no i have seen part of the first one neither here nor there <laughs> the point is she impressed me there she blew me away here as um Haley this Olympic swimmer turned well, not turned just Olympic swimmer no she's not collegiate Olympic, yes. swimmer um and she's kind of like she's just going through all the emotions that this movie needs and you know does it swimmingly I guess you know no pun intended I mean yeah I guess it, was a, pun, it was intended, intended. um so all of that to say crawl is great it's cheesy in so many ways, but the good kind where you're just like, well, of course you got to do that. But it hooks you into such a um, very specific and precise premise that you just you have no hate for it. You're just impressed that this thing is not um, throwing you overboard. It's not losing your interest in any way. And by the time you get to the end of it, you get there right when you think, OK, I've had enough. Movie's over. And you're like, wow. That yeah. was everything I needed, um, and it doesn't like a kind of kind of a, a really sentimental father daughter way, and so I was totally here for it. Um, but all in all, like it's a one and done for me. I don't yeah. think I'd ever come back to it. Not to like preempt your question. That's fine. Go ahead. But um, that said, it's a three out of five ticket stubs for this three point five out of. Three I think I think it went fourth. No, I switched you it. Just changed it. Um, come in the, my final editing. Pass. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, three point five out of. 
Three and a half. There we go. Three and a half. There, there we go. you go. Yes. Uh, I, I will agree with you um, pretty much verbatim. Um, so double, <laughs> like we pretty much just agreed on, you know, Stuber, pretty much we're going to agree on Crawl. Um, except for I thought that the structure for the movie was pretty clear, like from the get-go. Like once they got to the uh, like the like their old house, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. Yeah. going to start in the basement and then we're going to just keep rising because that's how like otherwise how are you going to build suspense like <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> so i was I like was i was like, like I, we, I know we're ending on the roof at some point it was a surprise is, i guess maybe a spoiler for a crawl uh they get to the roof there's no um, maybe there's no spoilers um, but you know other than that i think that the movie does when it is in the basement um it does do a really good job of making this very thrilling um and there's like uh it's also very gruesome. There's like a lot of gore, a lot of blood. Uh, wasn't so super expecting that, but it was uh, it was surprising. I thought the movie was PG-13 <laughs> for like probably 40 minutes or so. Yeah, until like the first cop gets like bit in half. Like, oh no. Yeah. Oh, he loses his head. Or one of the one oh of yeah, the, yeah. One of the um, what do you call the shoplifters in the middle of hurricanes? Yes. Um, yeah. Looters. One of the looters loses his head from like five different crocodiles, uh-huh. and I'm like maybe this is R and then she drops but then she does the one F-bomb as an adjective and I'm like maybe this is PG-13 right <laughs> and so it had me back and forth that's true like why didn't they didn't go for the second F-bomb huh interesting uh, not a swearing family I guess I guess not but that, that's totally fine because I mean Scodelario uh, she is great in this role she like she has to go for it, like just based on the circumstances of the movie. She is wet, she is muddy, she is dirty, like the whole time, um, and like she gives it her all. And I like have to applaud her for that. I think she um, handles the emotion of the movie really well. Uh, Barry Pepper as her father, you know, is kind of given like the prototypical gruff, uh, distant father mm-hmm. routine, but you know he does that well. Um, Sugar, very good boy, deserves <laughs> yes. all the treats. Um, and you know, I will say your review helped me through the movie a little bit really because I, I read it beforehand uh-huh. and like you were like you know the dog is safe and i was like oh thank god <laughs> <laughs> yes. there's, there's, there's several moments there we were like uh what's happening with sugar mm-hmm. please get back to the dog and i was very worried and i was like yes. oh wait but you know josh already told me that you know it's, it's all good so i don't have to worry about it um but i think this movie really just does a lot with a little like this it looks like it's done on two cents on the dollar with a shoestring budget um Mm -hmm. outside of like you know the obvious vfx of the crocodiles or the storm um or whatever but you know otherwise this is like a one setting movie even to the point where like there's like there's a a certain thing that happens like during the middle of the film that i was like oh we're 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 moving on and then Uh it's like nope (laughs) i was like oh (laughs) okay I feel like this is a little forced, but you know, it was, you know, it is that corny, cheesy, like you can only do so much with this before like going overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it has a straightforward formula. It, it knows its tone. It knows what it wants to be. It gets that job done. Um, and I will also give it three and a half ticket stubs out of five. Yeah. Um, I guess, again, we'll move on to quote unquote spoiler territory for mm-hmm. crawl just to get into more specific things. Um, and you did mention uh, in your spoiler-free section how, like, you know, there's a lot of Jaws vibes in this. Do you think that they should have gone, like, the actual Jaws route and made, like, like the crocodiles on screen, like, more limited? Because uh, I had that hmm. feeling a couple of times. Where I was like, hmm. If I – because, like, the first time I think you know there's an alligator down there, like, she's, like, crawling through a crawl space and then you see, like, the tail, like, yeah. out of the frame. I was like, oh, Right. That, that was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, it burst through the stairs, and I was like, oh, there it is. And But I feel like after that, like, it would have been cool, like, if you didn't totally know where it was or get, like, the like full up-close, here are the crocodiles. I'm like, 
I get it. I get why you have to show it. And then like there became not one, but there was two, and then there was a nest, and then there were four yes. outside. And I was like, there's a lot of these. Um, and I get why they needed that for the story they're mm-hmm. trying to tell. Right. Um, but like I feel like I would have had a little more suspense if I just didn't know always how many were there, where they are, um, and like how big they are even. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, I think that would have worked had it been a story about searching through a, a, the town, okay. you know, being swept up in a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Because um, like, had that been the case, yes, you can pick people off one by one. Looters can like lose their limbs right. and then you'll be like, oh, what's going on over there? Like, oh, it's crocodiles, obviously, but like, where are they? Uh-huh. They could hide them. They could, you know, um, scale up the movie a little bit because of the budget. They don't need all that VFX money. And then, you know, you get to your final moment of finding Barry in the house and then that's when it just like all comes swarming in. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, real quick though, a group of crocodiles is called a congregation. Oh, okay. There's always some Good word for animals yeah. when you're in groups. It's like a herd or mm-hmm. a, uh, fish. a pack. A school. Sorry, not a fish. <laughs> a fish, a fish yeah. of school. No, wait. Right. <laughs> Son of a gun. But um, <laughs> I dug the way they did it because the, the idea was, well, let's just trap them in the basement from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And maybe they could have hold, held off on showing the gators for a little bit longer. But once you you want to get to your your the highest point of drama, him coming crashing through the stairs, which I don't know how he even did. I don't but. know because like, <laughs> the, the two seconds later he can't get through these metal bars. And I was right. Like, well, he just, I mean, I guess wood is easier to go through than yeah. But also like just obliterating those stairs. Yeah. Like, come on now, I got some questions here. And, but like like I said, it's that kind of movie where you just you don't question the drama moments or you're not supposed to, uh-huh. but when you do, you're like, oh yeah, this movie isn't like that great of a movie. <laughs> you know, no. when you think about it. Like it, it reminded me a lot of 47 meters down, not in terms okay. of like the story, but mm-hmm. just in terms of like, like this is, this is a, a water-based like terror movie, basically about an animal or a creature. Um, and it's done on a very small budget with actors like, oh, I've seen them. But like, you don't always immediately remember who they are. Right. Um, <laughs> And like it gets good performances out of them, it's solid, and there's like a couple of fun, like cheeky moments to it. Um, and I think, and again, this is another thing that like going in when I read your review before uh-huh. we published, I was just like, I don't know if he's joking about this or if he's serious. Where, um, where, and I found out at the very end of the movie because you're like, you know, it's a movie that plays See You Later Alligator as the credits roll, and oh, I was like, yeah, I was like, no way, <laughs> that like that can't be the case. And then it happened. I was like, okay, yeah, so mm-hmm. like. It's like that moment right there. Yeah. That lets you know we're not doing this like Jaws. This is no Jaws. Mm-hmm. This is not a serious, like, oh boy, this is like a, uh, you know, a, a seat gripping thriller. This right. is like a campy, fun, mm-hmm. you know, survivor movie, basically. Exactly. And I was, for a little while, I was like, this is going really great. Like, I, I'm really sensing this could be something like truly special come up to the end here. And then that's when Sugar's paddling, trying to get to the stairs, trying to get to um, Dave. And then all of a sudden he rescues her. I'm like, oh, okay. So of course we don't want that to happen. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the gator comes up and just <laughs> just snaps his arm clean off. Yep. And I'm like, okay, it's, oh, it's, it's, that the, movie. it's this movie now. Yeah. And then by the time um, Bill Haley started to play at the end, I was like, uh, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they wanted. And you can tell... The, 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 the end credit song is always a good indicator of what the movie was supposed to be. Right. Because it, because it gets to the end and how they want you to send, what they want to send you away from this movie as is just like, see you later, alligator. Yeah. And that's where we go. That's where we land. <laughs> um, I, was, I was trying to say something else. But yeah, like Kaya, um, 
took me forever to remember her name mm-hmm. in the theater. I'm like, I know you. I said <laughs> the movies out loud because I'm like, and as I was like, you know, watching the film unfold, and then I got the name like after I got out of the theater, like immediately after. Uh-huh. And so like like you said, like just people you don't you don't recognize. Barry Pepper was another one. I'm like, I've seen you in Tom Hanks movies, right? Like if like I a lot like of Tom if, Hanks movies. If Maze Runner: The Death Cure didn't come out last year, mm-hmm. I'd have been like, who? Who are you? Right. I know I've seen you somewhere, but I wouldn't have placed him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Barry Pepper. Um, but uh, I'm not that sure what else there is to kind of dig through I don't, here. I don't think there really is anything else. I mean, went through the Jaws, already, you know, praised Sugar, mm-hmm. the, the, the great boy that he is. Yes. Um, and I mean, yeah, I think the only thing is like it, it, I was happy to see that in like this campy movie, one of like my least favorite, but also favorite things to see in mm-hmm. movies are people like, uh, like tying up or like resetting like these like nasty injuries, like um, in Lone Survivor, oh, Lone yeah. Survivor, when uh, Mark Wahlberg has to pull that piece of shrapnel out of his leg. Mm. Every time I am so tense, but I cannot look away because I was like, I love that feeling. Oh yeah. And then in this movie, like there are several times, like the shark, or the shark, the alligator, like gets Kai's leg. She has mm-hmm. tied up. Uh, Barry Pepper, like when we first find him, like she she pulls back his shirt and he has this like nasty bite in his shoulder. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then like, we also find out he like has a snapped like femur or something. Yes. And he like he puts a, a a pipe or a wrench in there and like snaps it back in. I was like, oh, that's so mm. gross. But like. It's like the good kind of gross. Well, yeah, well, like you can you talk about it here. I I am I'm kind of like just kind of like I'm cringy yeah. and get white. And anytime anyone talks about like medical conditions or anything like that, I just grow cold. Mm-hmm. But I can Google like all sorts of gruesome things and like take a look at the images. I'm like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> fine. And then like on screen, even though I know it's fake and I've already told myself it's fake, like I can totally take a look at that. Um, but somehow though, pulling fingernails off of people like in American Assassin, oh. that still haunts me yeah. and I still don't want to even think about it. I that, don't know why yeah. I brought it up. I but, mean, um, you just said it, I just got <laughs> yes. chills. Like, oh, gross. Ooh. Um, we should sh- give a shout out to Wayne, rest in peace, to the ex-boyfriend of the sister. <laughs> Um, I don't even know who played him. I'm going to find out know for either. us real that quick. That was such a weird, like, wh- okay, like, this is going to come back in some ways because you're not going to spend five minutes on this detour of, like, uh-huh. let me through. No, I won't let you through. Oh, how's your sister? How's your father? I'm like, okay. Like, what? Like who is this guy? <laughs> Ross Anderson. There we go. Congratulations, Ross Anderson. So that was, that was, that was great. And then may he rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then then you kind of like tossed out there. There's just like all these little other parts of the movie where you're like, oh, you think you're in the clear and then you're not in the clear. And it just it just winds its way to uh, level after level after level until you said you get to the roof. The highest point, there's nowhere else for the movie or them to go. And then you get to the end. end. I was surprised by that. I thought we were definitely going to get like, you know, the sweeping here they are on the helicopter, you know, huddled up together, father, daughter, safe once once mm-hmm. again, reunite with the family, and that's where we're going to end the movie. But, you know, they, they shut it off yeah. off the top of the roof, and I was totally fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a different way to end it than I think most Hollywood movies would have done it. So, yeah. um, you know, hats off to them. And, yeah, I mean, the, the part I alluded to earlier was, you know, obviously when they are – when uh, she – the, the apex predator that is oh, Kai Scodelario yes. uh, manages to outswim three crocodiles, uh, get in a boat, say that she's an apex predator, mm-hmm. um, get her father and Sugar on a boat, um, and then the storm picks back up because mm-hmm. they were currently in the eye of the hurricane. Right. And immediately 
hits them right back into their house, <laughs> yes. the second story, and she's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> yes. And I was like, okay, yeah. Um, like, they're aware that this is done. Mm-hmm. They're back in the house again. They're <laughs> just getting out. So, like, right. I'm going to go with it. Nope. 40 more, or like 30 more minutes left. Yeah. Whoosh, right Get back, back in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's. That's it. I That's would. I mean, crawl. I would. I would watch Crawl again. I mean, it's. I would too. It's not like I. I need to, but like again, if it's on a streaming service somewhere one day, I'm sure it will be. Uh, I would check it out. Yeah, I mean, but and also like there is there's an impressiveness to there's an inventive impressiveness to how they shoot and work the entire crawl space. Mm-hmm. You know. Part portion of the movie, um, and it's it's really it's it's great. You always somehow know where you are. You yep. get a sense of the place, but also it just feels expansive. And there's always like a new avenue for them to explore. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like somehow a mystery unfolds down there. And then when they finally you know send everything forward, you're like, oh well, where else is there? And then the house becomes a whole new place for them right. to kind of navigate around. And it's really fun. So yeah. check um, it out. Anything like specific you want to see from Alexandra Aha next? I have no clue what I want to see from that dude next. I think I've only I, seen the Hills Have Eyes from him. And this is the first my first exposure to him. I think I saw something my, recently where he said that he wanted to do a Nightmare on Elm Street. I think everyone wants to do a Nightmare on Elm Street redo reflux or whatever the case is. Um, but his up until now his his style has always been sort of like we need to churn out a. $10 million, $5 million horror movie to make us $70 million. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of that go-to. Um, the Hills Have Eyes is something special, but um, I'm not really familiar with any of his work outside of this or that. Yeah, me neither. But, um, you know, I'm sure he's doing Space Adventure Cobra is, according to IMDb, his next project. That it sounds exactly like his next movie. A rogue space pirate teams up with a bounty hunter on an adventure to Mars in search of lost treasure. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, so, that's right. Um, okay. <laughs> this was, granted, this was added in 2017 to IMDb, and there's been no movement, no cast, no nothing. So uh, take that with a grain of salt at this point. But, uh, you know... It looks like Crawl is going to be at least a financial success. Critics, you know, everybody on Twitter is like, how come this movie didn't screen for critics? Would have probably made a lot more money um, because it's getting rave reviews, basically. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that some studio out there will probably try to rectify that and give him, um, you know, a bigger project next up and uh, try to, again, continue to increase his uh, profile in Hollywood. But, oh, wow. 88% yeah. on Tomatoes. And it's crushing with, a, with, with a 78% audience score. Mm-hmm. Um, those two typically when they go hand in hand yeah. you know like it's you got something solid mm-hmm. that's crazy didn't screen i know it's i'm kind of glad Good but to- like yeah i mean i'm i'm glad i guess but like it's also weird though you know from a content standpoint right. i got to pump my review out there with everybody else yeah like that like that was great but like also like the other you know like if you're the studio behind this wouldn't you want to like like show this at a festival be like get all that buzz starting and then Unless they thought it was going to be trash. Uh, and then that's the exact and that's, and that's the maybe thing. That's possible. And that's the thing. I think they probably did because nine times out of ten, <laughs> I enjoy, trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Like, you know, like when something like that looks like this and moves like this um, in the trailers and, you know, in content, like, comes out, you're like, oh, what are you going to do here? Right. And then it turns out that it was actually something different and new and people love it. So, <laughs> you know, shame on them. But yeah. also, you know, not complaining. I mean, the crazy thing is, uh, you know, this is like, you know, Midsummer, you know, last week came out, opened yes. opened pretty small. Um, but, you know, Crawl's going to probably outgross Midsummer, which is kind of insane. Um, 
and it was probably made for a cheaper budget. So, you know, again, hats off to Alexander Raha. I th- want to say it was Paramount who's behind yes, this movie. Paramount. Um, so it's probably going to send them into a horror jo- horror bender too. Was a Quiet Place Paramount as well? Yes. But was but I don't think Crawl was part of what is it Millennium Films or something. That's uh, part. Of, I don't remember no. the exact branch, no. but. Um, Regardless, you know, Paramount keeps finding these successes with, uh, you know, small horror movies. And again, but I think if Crawl had got the same sort of rollout as A Quiet Place did, like A Quiet Place screen at what was it? South by Southwest Mm -hmm. got those amazing reactions, pumped it up to like a $50 million opening or whatever it had. And Crawl's going to open like 12. But if it had that like festival hype, you know, and pre build up buzz and like this movie has 90% of Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it would have had, uh, you know, there's, it probably could have doubled that opening this weekend. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, um, I mean, like Overlord last year, they're 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 really they're having fun with some experimentation here. I mean, of course, Overlord is bad robot. Right. And JJ's production company is you know hightailing it, but um, very soon, hopefully, they you know start rolling these out on on the daily because they've mm-hmm. got some good content. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, I think that's all we have for our reviews this week of Stuber and Crawl. We both give both movies. Uh, or no, you gave Stuber a three. Mm-hmm. I gave a three and a half. We both gave Crawl a three and a half uh, ticket stub. So with that in mind, let us know what you guys thought on both movies. If you saw them or only one of them, doesn't really matter. Uh, you can do so by tweeting us on Twitter at Foods of Film. We'll be right back in a bit with the news. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. Well, I saw my baby walking with another man today. When I asked her what's the matter. We're back with the news, and as I was start with our three main topics this week, kick it off with a, a piece of news that is a little bit old uh, for you guys, but it is still new for us to talk about. Uh, that being casting for Disney's live action The Little Mermaid. It was previously reported um, that. Uh, Ursula had been cast by as Melissa McCarthy. Um, uh, Melissa McCarthy had been cast as Ursula, I guess. Um, and now this past week, uh, there were a couple of, uh, of new reports, mainly from Variety, where they revealed, revealed that Halle Bailey, not Halle Berry, <laughs> Halle Bailey, um, is set to play Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid movie for Disney. So uh, this is uh, originally news that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Halle Berry? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was like, oh, no, Halle Bailey. I don't know who this is. Uh, she's a pop singer. She's part of, uh, you know, I, I believe they're sisters, twins. I'm not sure if they're twins, but they're at least sisters. Um, this, this pop duo, Chloe and Haley. Yes. And, um, you know, I I don't know anything about Haley Bailey, but, you know, she obviously won the part for a reason um and i'm you know i'm looking forward to see what she can do as ariel yeah i'm i'm, I'm the worst because i have not even like tried to listen to like any of that music um i thought about it and i was like nah. i don't really care to <laughs> but like it's kind of well first of all um i don't even want to address controversy that people are tweeting out i guess it's just the uh well, terrible it's, people it's it's the weird thing where i'm like i'm not totally sure how much controversy there actually was no or if it was the the pre-controversy controversy was like, oh boy, here we go again. Everybody gets riled up. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, here it comes. People are gonna be mad about this, and then they get in open arms, and then like there's not an actual controversy. Oh, see, so pe- yeah, I missed the pre. I just I I live in this netherworld between like 
where journalists retweet racists uh-huh. and be like, look at these racists. Yeah. They're racist. Yeah. And then like, I miss, I miss all the entirety run up to that. And so, but I don't think there is, um, I don't know, I don't know anything, but she can sing. And that means music is clearly going to be a big part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, you get Rob, Mar- you're not going to get Rob Marshall to direct this movie. If you weren't going to go a heavy musical exactly. route. Exactly. So, and then Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be um, writing tunes and mm-hmm. lyrics and music and collaborating with, and I'm sure the, the casting edition, the process was extensive. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, they settled on Hallie, then they've got, they've got their girl to be like, you know, to do little mermaid. Yeah, so. I'm not like, like, yeah, I don't really want to touch the the quote unquote controversy or whatever. Like, but there's not she's one. she's the choice, and Ariel's a fictional character. She can look, right. sound, however yes. they want. I don't care. It's mm-hmm. just like the same, you know, people who are mad about MJ, you know, Zendaya being cast as MJ, even though then Zendaya was linked to possibly up for Ariel, and she, you know, didn't get that part, but now mm-hmm. it goes to Halle Bailey instead, and you know that's great. Like, I'm totally open to this idea. Like, I'm not shocked in the slightest that they didn't right. go with a, a white redhead and as Ariel. We kind of like guessed that from like yeah. the beginning. I mean like we you and I think we you and I were like the rock is definitely gonna be King Triton Which, or something like that. After after Halley's casting, um like you a, know there's already been um fan art of Terry Crews as Triton. Oof. And I was like, oh yes. Yeah. I could totally mm-hmm. get behind that. Mm-hmm. Like just give me Terry Crews, there's got to be like four or five peck jokes in there. And, you know, we'll be, yes. he'll, he'll just be like moving his pecs along to the beat of the drum and it'll be great. <laughs> it would be perfect. Like, I, I, I don't know why people are so upset about this. I think it's mainly, if they are upset, it's like they're latched on to how it has been originally and how they're used to seeing Ariel. But mm-hmm. again, this is a new interpretation. This is a new version. And, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll be reviewing a live action remake next week with the Lion King out. And I think, you know, one thing, whether, you know, whether or not the Little Mermaid or the Lion King or Aladdin or Dumbo, whatever these live action movies are, whether they're shot for shot remakes or completely new adaptations like the Mulan trailer we'll talk about um, later on. Um, these movies are at least giving us the, uh, you know, Mina Masood, Naomi Scott, like they're elevating the profiles of these people. Oh, yeah. Halle Bailey is going to, assuming this movie goes over well, which uh-huh. you know I have faith that it will, um, is going to be a star. And, you know, again, with Mulan, Yifei Liu, I didn't know who this girl was until she got cast in Mulan. Big star overseas, and now there's a chance that she'll be a big star here, and she could lead multiple different films. And, um, you know, I think that is one thing, whether you want to look at these live-action remakes as cash grabs, as just easy ways for Disney to make money, um, them selling out and just, you know, taking in what Hollywood will, you know, allow them to make, basically, at this mm-hmm. point. They're at least doing different things like they're pushing diversity forward and for that i mean you have to you have to at least applaud them in that case yeah absolutely and plus like all of our talented people are diverse so you right know, like, <laughs> come on like, let's get the best people in exactly now. that's that's all that really matters and you know if you know yeah just fingers crossed that holly bailey knocks it out of the park um whenever this movie hits theaters which could be end of next year maybe 2021 i don't really know i think production starts early 2020 so it's been in the works for like a extraordinary long right. time lindman well has been linked to the music mm-hmm. for, before they even had a director yeah thing so so uh you know it's finally coming along and there's also a report from uh chris tapley an entertainment journalist um that jacob tremblay is being eyed for flounder and aquafina is being eyed for scuttle so this was also backed up by thr after the fact um so in addition to Halle Bailey and Melissa McCarthy, it looks like you may be getting Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina as voice roles, which um, 
great. Love both of I love Tremblay, love Aquafina. <laughs> yes. Um, it'll be a very different version of Scully uh, through Aquafina. And again, I don't see people, you know, being mad that Aquafina's, you know, being right. cast as Scuttle. Um, but you know, that's just the that's, I guess the world we live in. The, the Tremblay flounder thing is gonna be a sight. Oh, to it'll see. be great. Like it'll be like that's like pitch perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Now though, all we have to do is find a Sebastian, find a what's his name, Prince, whatever. Charming. Nope. Eric. Eric. Yeah. There we go. Um, which, you know, again, I don't care. And whether it's like, you know, Harry Styles, that, yeah, that's, that's the popular <laughs> one. It's like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, he would definitely, he has the chops mm-hmm. like, so they can do, uh, you know, kiss the girl or whatever. But. Oh yeah. There we go. Oh yeah. Oh man. Can you imagine that song getting played on the radio? It's Harry Styles. Oh, at the yeah. Center it'll, of it? it'll be number one on the billboards for you know, months. Well, whoever they get to play Sebastian. I guess, yeah. Is, there, is, it, is it an eventuality that Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to play Sebastian? Oh, I didn't thought about that. Because if, if that's going to be the grand ode to the the the, um, the the movie. That's a good call. You're going to, you just, you'd throw him in there and yeah. right there. Or Sean Paul. I suddenly have like a Sean Paul after Jake Gyllenhaal's, um, uh, you know, not tirade, but like his, just expressing his love for it on the radio with Tom Holland. Um, I could do some Sean Paul. You get the temperature vibes into there. <laughs> it would be great. My my completely random thought I had about this this past week and for Sebastian uh, was Jimon Hantu. It's like, I don't know if this guy can sing or not, oh, yeah. uh, but he just like has that like that voice. It's a little deeper than Sebastian has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, he's part of the Disney family. Uh, and it's I could regal. like and yeah, it's like it just says like I've been a, I'm a part of something important. Let's but do it. on that point, if anything, he'll just be Triton. Head. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, he already played the king of the underwater kingdom in Aquaman. He knows uh, what to do. Yeah, like he's he's on it now. He just gets to be like himself and not some CGI fish creature. Perfect. Bring it on. So I, uh, it. I think either way, I'm really excited about the the Little Mermaid, same and here, same here. Uh, you know, can't wait to see again what else they do. I think the only thing that briefly I want to bring up here, um, you know, do you think that as again the Mulan teaser trailer shows that like they are changing up that movie quite a bit yeah. from what people are used to. The Lion King, on the other hand, looks like it's pretty much a shot for shot, point by point, like redo. Story for stories, you know, page by page right. script. Re- like re- they're, re- they're not changing it. They're adding yeah. things, but they're mm-hmm. not changing anything. For sure. Do you think that they'll change anything up like drastically for Little Mermaid? Like, I don't like, know. Like, well, cause like Ariel's basically mute for like most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think they'll still go that route? Cause that, that yes. seems like a, like, something you need to do for that story but also like i've seen people be like that's also a weird thing to do now in 2019 mm, interesting so i don't I, know i gender i mean don't look at me for gender politics <laughs> i'm sure they'll, they'll 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 arrive at something and it'll be widely discussed come that time but th- there's always updates that are needed yeah. for these things um in some cases a lot mm-hmm. uh like we'll talk about here in a minute with mulan but in some cases like a little uh that that's one i have no clue about but we will see we will see yeah no need to discuss it now i guess um but we do have um some potentially very interesting uh news coming out of bond 25 as the daily mail reported this week uh that was lynch is going to play a person in Bond 25, who has the code name 007, um, which, you know, if you know James Bond, is James Bond's code name for the last 24 movies. And so now, uh, the reason for this, though, it's unclear if that this means that LaShawn Lynch is actually going to be the new, quote-unquote, James Bond mm-hmm. and be the new lead of the franchise, um, because 
the plot for Bond 25 starts out with Bond being on like, you know, he's like retired on vacation or something. And so Lashana Lynch's character has been given the 007 moniker while he's gone. Now, when he comes back, does he then re-become 007 and she becomes 006, 008, 00 whatever? Um, Maybe. Um, But it seems like at least from what this report from the Daily Mail um, shows, which you should probably take with a grain of salt for the time being, Mm -hmm. um, is that that she will, in some form, be referred to as 007. Now, this has obviously got a lot of people talking because for, it seems like the past, again, two or three years, there's been a lot of talk of, will James Bond ever not be a white, you know, mm-hmm. middle-aged, you know, man. Right. And the producers have largely pushed back on this, you know, you know, amid, you know, Idris Elba being a popular uh, choice for the role. Um, and now or even the idea of that a woman could be 007 and they've pushed back against that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hesitant to believe that she is going to be 007 for like the entirety of this movie and continuing forward like Bond 26. Um, yeah. But the sentiment of the idea is a cool one, even if it's only for a section of Bond twenty five. Right. I mean, it, well, it's 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 like less than that though, as much as it is that. Uh-huh. Where the main character, as the producers kind of are trying to say, is like, well, we would never change James Bond because right. you know our audience for these movies are you know like you said, um, straight white people or whatever uh-huh. the case is. Like, and so this will just be like. Oh, see, like we're giving you what you wanted. Wink, yeah. wink, wink. 007's a girl, but not named Jane Bond, or like you uh-huh. know, like, what, like whatever the case is, you know. Um, like it don't have to be a movie that stars like there, but it's but it, I do like the the like the idea though. Like, yeah, man, they're not holding your name for you, dude. Right, like, you're, you're gone. Like you're not gonna. He's probably not gonna get it back, especially with like with Carrie at the director's helm. Like I'm sure the script changed up where it's like. Well, can I no? Just, yeah, see, I'm, just I'm be curious pushed about out that. The and then you'd be like, "Go, go do the mission that you're coming out of retirement for, and then go into an explosion." In the end of James Bond, right? Because like version. the numbers, the higher up, the more important you are, right? So like 006 is better than 007. Is that I how that works? No clue. Maybe maybe that's from like things. I know I've heard that in a movie, but maybe that wasn't a James Bond movie. Maybe it was like a like Get Smart or like mm-hmm. the Pink Panther or something. That sounds right. Uh, it's it's probably from one of those. Um, but like you know, if he isn't 007, like is mm-hmm. even part of like that same group anymore um, at all in this movie? I don't know. It is interesting at least. Like if they are willing to move the 007, you know, code to somebody else not named James Bond then like there's at least the opportunity for them to then do a 007 movie starring oh, Lashana Lynch for sure or somebody else as the 007 agent that's not named James Bond and that way they could ditch the whole which I don't know if they would even want to do ditch the James Bond name because that's so iconic and recognizable mm-hmm. um, but I think 007 is just as recognizable as James Bond is at this point so there are some inklings of expanded universe yeah uh forays for sure right here which is like weird because i don't feel like that's what carrie fukunaga would want to do with this movie set up like no oh he here's would. how this would go oh absolutely not but it's, it's a part of the movie and then, then someone else yeah, comes along they can run with it yeah you, you hire someone like david lynch comes in he's like all right let's do this uh Gosh. or david leach i'm sorry no, leach. Like, yeah no david oh man that version of james bond would be interesting that w- that's, carrie fukunaga that's for sure. is david lynch but just in a much more 21st century <laughs> like you know like the content's actually understandable way. okay so, there we go that that's what i was trying sure to say. okay um but yeah i mean i think that, again 
Lashawn Lynch, she was great in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. We were both fans of hers after that movie. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, if this means that she is having like a very prominent role here, then great. Two thumbs up for me. Fantastic. Um, we also got a report from Daily Mail reporter um, Baz uh, Bamigboy that Christoph Waltz is going to be back as Blofeld in Bond 25 as well, which is something that would previously been rumored, but it had been unconfirmed. And now it seems like he's back on set. Um, the capacity of his role said to be limited, um, which is like, more like hmm, why why bring him back? It's Christoph Waltz, man. Sure, but like Rami Malek's the main villain. Like, yes. What does Christoph Waltz and Blofeld have to do with Rami Malek? You stab him in the hand with a knife and be like, where is he? Tell me what you know. Exactly. And then he's like, bound. Is that how he sounds? I haven't seen the movie in a while. Spectre's really far from my mind. Yes. And then, you know, you're like, well, how did you survive the explosion? I just did. And then, then, you know, he exits and then the movie kickstarts again with a lead that he gets from that guy's name oh are you sub- are you suggesting it's gonna be like the prologue of the movie maybe no hmm. probably not probably not no because they usually well i guess they could do like a action sequence that like is him breaking into like some like jail that blofeld's being held in and like getting the information and escaping and then mm-hmm. boom title card song by adele whoever again probably i don't know do we have a line on that we don't have has a adele done all three of the Craig She's ones? done Skyfall. No idea who did. I don't Spectre. think she did Spectre, right? Because she had her, um, like throat thing. Oh, that's right. She had notes taken off. That's right. Uh no clue. Spectre Bond song by Google is our friend. Sam Smith. Oh, that's right. Writings hmm. on the wall. Yeah, that's an okay song. Yeah, I mean, just like the movie. <laughs> did Sam Smith writing on the wall, you know, shoot up the charts? No. no Do we all not. go around just singing Skyfall randomly? Yes. <laughs> do we <laughs> get? Uh, well, I do. <laughs> let's get let's get Adele back. That's for sure. Yeah, that'd be for great. Anyone, you know, really. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, you know, from Bond twenty five. Again, we'll see if uh, any of that stuff comes to pass. Um, because it does not seem like the Power Rangers sequel to the 2017 movie is going to happen. Uh, that's at least according to star Doc Ray Montgomery. Um, as he recently did a Reddit AMA and was asked, you know, what about the chances of a Power Rangers 2? And he said essentially that another Power Rangers movie is in the works, but not with him or the 2017 cast. So it would be mm-hmm. effectively a reboot. Um, and this is news that I'm really bummed about. Really? Yeah. I, I really like that Power Rangers movie. I like the cast, but the movie was just, I mean, we've, we've reviewed it. You can mm-hmm. take, take a look in the archives, and I think you have a written review of it, too. One of the first? No? Maybe not? I don't think so. I think that's before the that's time. That's 2017. You're yeah. right. This is 2018. Um, it, it just, it never really launched itself from being like a middling, muddling kind of film. It, I mean, it was mired in like script changes all the way through, and, you know, thankfully, I don't know. And so, but I love the cast. All of those people have gone on to do some things, except mm-hmm. R.J. Seiler. I haven't. Yeah, seen which him is so anything, strange because he's the, so good. He's like, yeah, he's, he's he's probably the breakout there. Yeah, weirdly enough. Um, but I'm not too disappointed. I am just again. I, I it's it's yeah like that movie that first movie super cheesy. I just rewatched it because of this news and I was sad. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, Rita Repulsa. Like, I, lo- I like Elizabeth Banks, but she is. She's kind of all over the place in this movie. Uh, but 
like it's not a prototypical Power Rangers movie. Like there's not a ton of action. You don't even get the the Megazord until the very very end. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't even get their suits until the third act. So like That's right. this is really the the first Power Rangers movie is actually just more of like a character study and like teen like breakfast club with superpowers basically yes. and like i was yep. like i really dig that element of this movie and i think dean, dean israelite does a really good job as a director here um and i was just really looking forward to hopefully getting another chance to see this cast back which admittedly i knew was you know a reach because the movie did not perform well at the box office it mm-hmm. topped out at like 142 million dollars i believe on a hundred something million dollar budget um which is definitely a loss and so like i understand why lionsgate and hasbro would be like you know we gotta wipe our hands and move on because it didn't make us the money but that was also two years ago um in i think it came out in the heart of the summer which probably was not the best Early landing spot for march it. actually really yep. okay well that's not not helping my case but <laughs> <laughs> since that point dr montgomery joined stranger things mm-hmm. um he was really good in season three i thought um naomi scott just starred in aladdin and that movie's gonna cross a billion dollars it looks like that's right and like so she's a bigger name now uh becky g's continue to be a, a music international pop star and it keeps climbing up the charts uh Ludi lynn uh you know in black mirror he's uh, been linked to Shang Chi possibly, um, and like he keeps getting things again. R.J. Siler, which is you know, it's a bummer that he hasn't broken out. He's just been kind of put onto like you know Black Lightning and Swamp Thing and you know, other DC TV shows, um, which is cool, good for him. He's getting work, but like you know, I figured he'd be back in like bigger yeah, things for sure. Um, but like I feel like the, that cast now is like guaranteeing a larger opening, and you know with if they're going to reboot the franchise, my big question is like, how do you avoid doing the same thing again? You know, like what's going to be different about a rebooted power Rangers than power Rangers, you know, the, the 2017 version, you bring back original cast, you, you, you give, you gimmick it like that. And that's kind of the attitude you're getting, or you just, you, you did, you totally blow up the premise and you set it somewhere else where they're like secret super agents in the future. And, and alien races come Whoa. and they're like, you know, you make it like basically Halo, but Power Rangers. I mean, you just, you blow the whole yeah. thing up and you, you, you don't live with uh, the OG, you know, cartoons and, or whatever t- television shows that they did on the weekly. I just, yeah, I just, I can't see how, I mean, even if they got back like original, like previous cast members from the TV shows, like I couldn't tell you any of those people's names. Not a single one. No, nope, from me any of the iterations of the Power Rangers TV shows, which there's been several. Right. And in that case, like you know, I know two of them came in at the very end of this movie. Like those people and the nostalgia, possibly for that TV show, is going to be in, like a bigger movie. No, no. Like so, you're going to have to shrink the budget regardless. Right. And you could probably shrink the budget with Power Rangers two, by even with bringing this cast back. Like, yeah, they're bigger stars now, but they probably had multi-film contracts they signed originally mm-hmm. and even though they're more recognizable now they're still not like you know these powerhouse names like you know dr montgomery's not commanding you know five million dollars for a role you know it's right. probably like a million maybe um you know namely scott's probably the most expensive one of the bunch at this point so like i just don't see how you recast reboot reintroduce on a smaller budget and have a more successful movie. Whereas at least if you did Power Rangers 2, there's at least people who over the last two years, Power Rangers has become kind of a cult hit 
know, at least what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's just, again, the echo chamber of the internet where I'm just like, where are all the Power Rangers fans out of the 2017 yes. movie? I need to find them. Um, They've all collided there. Yeah, we need to make our own Megazord <laughs> uh, you know, to show our appreciation for the Power Rangers movie. Mm-hmm. And but, but, like, really, like, those people, myself included, are at least like, oh, I'm going to go see a Power Rangers 2. If a new Power Rangers movie is announced with a new cast of largely unknowns, uh, I'm going to be like, I mean, okay, I may see it, but like, I'm not definitely going. Sure. And so I think there's at least a built-in audience with the Power Rangers 2, which you can still do on a smaller budget, mm-hmm. build off of what you were trying to do. They wanted to do six movies, seven movies Oh, yeah, they, in were, total. they, were, to- they were toting that out there like, like in February. That's for sure. You had plans. Right. Like You can't scale one of those back to do a sequel to at least re-get, you know, regenerate interest and then uh, you know, keep this going. I don't know. I just really wish that would have happened. Um, because, yeah, Power Rangers 2017, solid movie. Solid movie. <laughs> I'm just not I – just, I, just, I just can't get on that train. That's I, totally fine. I, I was, know. Like, it, 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 was, it felt fun when it was fun, but it was the least interesting Bill Hader, Brian Cranston project I'd ever witnessed in my entire life. Yeah, that's fair. And I could never get past that. I mean, granted, they're both basically just voice roles. But. They are both basically voice roles, but usually those names excite me a lot. Well, sure. Oh, well, there's also Brian Cranston's whiskey line with Jesse, <laughs> the other guy. With Aaron Paul? Mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah, you get Aaron Paul in. How many, I love Aaron Paul. New season of Westworld looks great, by the way. Yeah. When did that trailer drop? No clue. During the I thought finals? I was watching a great... N- no. It dropped during some event, and I was just like... Wait a minute. Way long ago. Game of Thrones finale? Game of Thrones-ish, yes. I think it was the finale. Because everybody was like, wait, was that a Westworld trailer? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wait a Aaron, minute. <laughs> Aaron Paul sci-fi movie. Bring it on. I'm like, yeah. oh, nope, not. And then oh, it just okay. dived into everything else. I still haven't seen season two. So. Oh, well, got to go <laughs> So it makes even less sense <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's move on to Ticket or Skip It yeah, here. let's do it. Um, talk about uh, giving a ticket to either the Mulan teaser trailer, the, the second trailer for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the second trailer for Dora and the Lost City of Gold, or the first teaser trailer for The Hunt, Josh. I have a pretty good idea what you're going to give your oh. ticket to based on uh, reactions mm-hmm. you sent me over text. But why don't you let the audience know what movie is getting your ticket this week? I am all in. I am throwing all my cards in on this Mulan reboot because this just looks incredible. I think someone tweeted, I don't remember who, like it looks like an actual movie. and But this looks like something, again, there is a... There's a filmmaking approach to this amazing teaser trailer that is something that I cannot wait to see rendered with full effects, a full, like just a complete vision of Nikki Carr. Looks like she's literally, you know, done, like, done what I wanted Aladdin to be and what I want all Disney remakes to be here going forward. Mulan 2020 is going to rock because it doesn't look like it. it's trying to capture the original, it's trying to be its own thing. And I am um, Yufei Liu. I'm sorry. Uh, Yufei Liu. Yufei Liu as Mulan is crushing it. But um, it just looks great. Okay, that, that's my point here. Um, and the, it, it looks epic, but it looks personal. It looks sentimental. You're feeling feelings immediately mm-hmm. in this movie. And, th- and there's just gorgeous cinematography. All the way through the first shot is an incredibly almost fisheye wide of a field and a horse racing across it in the upper third. And it just sets the tone for everything else you're going to see in this trailer. Mm-hmm. And I am, 
I'm I'm in love. Change it however you need to. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not committed to anything else. I'm not attached to anything else. Go for it. I totally get why the songs are being thrown out because um, there's no place for them in something that's this awesome. I can't wait until Donnie Yen shows up too. By the way, he, oh yeah, like, who is he playing? Oh, he's, he's like the general. Yeah, right? he's Commander Tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, I think that um, it's definitely a surprising trailer for sure. I will also give my ticket to Mulan uh, the teaser trailer because um, it is so different than what the Disney live action remakes have been to this point because we keep calling them remakes, but I think really we need to transition to the word reimagining for all of these. You know, Dumbo is not a remake of Dumbo. No. Not really at all. There's like a slight portion of it at the very beginning, mm-hmm. but then after the first ten minutes, it's like a completely different story. And Mulan, like yeah, there's a certain there's certain beats to this that look the same. Um just based on the gen- take this back to like the original like Chinese like folk movie version that Disney made so famous um, in like what was 1998 I want to say um, with the first Mulan movie That's so right. um, it's just like again yeah like visually it's very striking very different um, but then also like I'm watching this and you know near the end here uh, she is hair flowing down ready to fight and I'm wondering you know how much of this movie is she like pretending to be a man but like that does seem like a very foundational part of the story where like it looks like this which i don't i guess that is when the guys yeah. find out right mm-hmm. so that would make sense so not thinking about this enough but i think that either way the action set pieces they look big the sets look big and grand and detailed yeah that's what that's Mushu what is no more he's like a, a phoenix mm-hmm. bird basically now yep. um which is again fine by me if that's what is need to be done and probably Makes it a lot more realistic for this film, but yeah, Mulan looks very different. It looks like it has potential to be special, um, and you know maybe could go down as you know the best Disney live action remake um, sl- or reimagining, I should say. There we go. So it would, be, it would definitely be an injustice to call it a remake. No, because yeah, it's not. And I think you know. Well, again, we'll find out next week with a, with Lion King how much of that is a remake versus a reimagining versus a recreation reboot, whatever whatever we want to call it. Um, but, you know, again, I think the thing is, though, if Mulan is this big hit, mm-hmm. then it's going to be like it could give Disney that. I, oh, they don't all have to be the exact same. And people like you who have been sort of calling out for these re, these reimaginings to be something different and new something and more. worth it um, could get their wish. But then there's also that flip side where Mulan seems to be like their first real test of like, you know, how can we do this, but do it in a new way? Um, we'll also still kind of being faithful what we've done before. And if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. whether critically or financially or whatever, then it could only re- like re-reinforce Disney's idea of they're all going to be Lion Kings. They're all going to be Aladdins. They're all just going to be, you know what this is, and this is a fresh 20-whatever mm-hmm. year it is, uh, you know, coat of cgi paint on it yeah you can you can literally but i kind of just say this again real quick you can just stop this trailer at like any moment and it's like a perfect shot like it's beautiful it's gorgeous mm-hmm. it's extra widescreen they put it up on the web like it looks like an actual like something that's coming out new today that wants to capture your inspiration rather than you know dredge up nostalgia right and i think they, i think it's it's about that feeling that i love the most so 
tickets galore. Five of them. <laughs> I'll just throw everything at it. You're just gonna give your whole um, year's worth of tickets yeah, to Milan. I I do. Like fair the, enough. The the, the, the the low the low camera and the grass. It's all just yeah. Yeah, perfect. It, it looks great. And yeah, I mean, I I. I mean, I wish it has some great songs. The original Android movie does. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if they work those in. Maybe they're more, you know, just, uh, you know, they're ambient sounds and just worked into the score or whatever. Um, I can see them doing it that way. Look for Be a Man to be a chant or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I got to imagine. So that'd be great. And, you know, if they can find, again, those new fresh ways to include things you know, but do them in a different way then I think we'll get the both the best of both worlds. Um, and so, yeah, we're both very excited about Mulan. We'll move on to the flyby here to wrap up this episode, uh, starting with uh, Sherlock Holmes 3, as Variety reports, has a new director, finally, because Guy Ritchie has moved on, and Dexter Fletcher uh, from Rocketman, Eddie the Eagle, and two weeks of <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody fame, right. um, has taken over this franchise, which will reunite Rob Dine Jr. and Jude Law as Sherlock and uh, Watson. I almost forgot his name. Um, but Dexter Fletcher, great director. Yes. Really talented. I'm going to miss the Guy Ritchie flair here, unless that's what Dexter Fletcher is being hired to recreate. Yeah, because think about which Dexter Fletcher's <laughs> action movie that he's done. All right. Wait, he is kick-ass, right? Um, is that Dexter? No, that's, uh, that's Matthew Vaughn. Got it. Is he involved in that? I have no clue. But anyway, um, Eddie the Eagle, though, is Dexter Fletcher. So Taron Edgerton could be crashing through. He's English. Would be great. So is Sherlock Holmes. But um, Is there like a know, Sherlock protege? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Uh, what's the other one, though? The really ultra English name. Um, Lock, Shock. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yes. That's Guy Ritchie. That's Guy Ritchie, yeah. too? Okay. <laughs> Dexter Fletcher and Guy Ritchie. I think, actually... Is he in guy? Is because he Dexter Fletcher was an actor. Oh. Um, and he is in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He plays Soap. Oh wow! Nice. So there is a connection there. So maybe it is more of like a we're like Dexter Fletcher is not going to reinvent the wheel here. He's going to do what has worked, and him and you know Guy are friends uh, slash colleagues, and he can redo, but also inject his own style into Sherlock Holmes Three. Wow, that'd be great. He has a very small credits as a director. I'm actually not yeah, looking no, at he's, these. Yeah, no, he's Eddie very recent. Rocket Man, really. A Bill Wild Bill and such. But mm-hmm. all right. Well, yes, he's definitely emulating. Or Guy Ritchie will EP and he's like, I'll do what you say, guy. Right. And then Taron Edgerton still comes in. Oh, that'd be Perfect. great. As long as Taron Edgerton's here, nah, regardless. Dexter Fletcher's a great guy. So uh, we'll move on to the Suicide Squad as the rap reported that uh, Storm Reed, the star of A Wrinkle in Time uh, and the upcoming The Invisible Man movie, um, has joined the Suicide Squad as the daughter of Idris Elba's mysterious character. So, um, again, another new piece of casting for Suicide Squad. This one doesn't really help us out a lot in terms of character stuff, but, you know, Storm Reed, mm-hmm. um, glad to see her keep getting some work. And I just wish we knew who Elba was playing at this point. <laughs> but not Deadshot. Not Deadshot, so we're not recasting two roles here. <laughs> right. It's just one and recreating that dynamic. Yeah, exactly, which makes me think it maybe is Deadshot, but maybe they've, it's they've, not. They've re-gone back on mm-hmm. it. Like, you know what? We, we tried to do, we tried to make you Bronze Tiger or something. It's not going to work. Right. We're just going to make you Deadshot. Sorry, Will Smith. Can't wait for the Bronze Tiger. Um, I cannot you know, wait. You know, I don't know. I, I think the the heavy the rumors are even like him or like Sportsmaster. I think is the other one. Or um, uh, so I think those are the two prominent mm-hmm. r- rumors at this point. But yep. you know, 
hopefully this movie you know this movie's gonna start shooting this fall so uh we should know more hopefully soon um maybe even a first look at you know elba and you know storm reed even so uh We'll move on to Marvel, as uh, Variety mentioned this past week, in a very interesting article where they're kind of running through what Marvel could announce at SDCC this week. Uh, they're talking about the Eternals and how they could confirm it and confirm the cast. And in doing so, they mentioned Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown as part of the cast, uh, which has not previously been reported. It's just been like something mm-hmm. that's mainly been speculated, and it is not clear if Variety is kind of screwed up or if they let something slip that they weren't supposed to yet. So, with San Diego Comic-Con just around the corner, just a couple days away, and Marvel going to be there um, on Saturday for their Hall H panel, will Billy Bobby Brown be announced as a cast member for the Eternals at Comic-Con? I have no clue what to make of this. She's denied. Yes. They've confirmed or Well, they've stated. said it. And right. In no, such but a, nobody else has backed it up. In such a passing way. Right. So, it's sort of like, can you hold this? We learn this? I, I, I don't know. I don't. But if she is a part of it and they do announce it, that will be awesome. She's in, famously in need of a new gig. I mean, Enola Holmes is going to be. Yep, that's um, what she's filming like right now or in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Cavill was a late casting. Who mm-hmm. are we going to get? Who's the most handsome English Sam, person to throw Sam, in there? Sam uh, Claflin joined that's as well. Right. They've geared up all yeah. the final roles. So, yeah, I, I guess next year is when Eternal starts filming. No, uh, this starts filming this fall. Start so she would go from Enola Holmes to Eternals, um, which would, again, delay Stranger Things Season 4 filming. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that's even something that they're trying to film that quickly, we don't know what the schedule is for that. It technically even hasn't even been renewed, uh, which is definitely, there's no way it's not being renewed. Right. Um, but yeah, I think this is happening, whether it's announced at San Diego Comic-Con or not, I'm not sure. I would lean on the yes if Riley just kind of accidentally slipped it out there. Um, right. And I think Millie Red Brown is probably just trying to do the, you know, oh, no, I don't I don't know anything. Because mm-hmm. she was even, like, in that same Instagram post downplaying, oh, well, you know, season four has been, re- we haven't even been renewed yet for season four, so maybe that won't even happen. Who knows? Um, so, like, I think she's probably playing along slash doing the part where, like, maybe she hasn't signed on yet and she has to do, like, a final screen test this week, which I don't know even why you'd, be testing Millie Bobby Brown between her and somebody else. Like you just get Millie Bobby Brown if you have the chance to. Um, it's a train I've been on for several months. Um, even though I guess it's been probably been close to a year now. Um, ever since she visited the set of Avengers Infinity War when it was filming. That's um, right. Like it's just like, come on. That's yeah. That's just too obvious. You know, Marvel's recruiting her hard. Yeah, Disney has yet to like sink like sink their teeth into like the most up and coming like actor uh, yeah. out there. So. It's like you do it's that, bound to come and then eventually. I know I know everybody wants her to be like a, a young Leia in like a movie or a streaming service or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I just keep seeing a young Natalie Portman every time I see her, and I'm just like, just do a young Padme thing. <laughs> it's, it's the it's, no Natalie Portman's Israeli. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I have no clue. It's um, weird. But. It's uncanny. Um, but yeah, I think regardless of it, I hope it's this weekend. It could not. Um, but I think Millie Bobby Brown will be in the Eternals one way or another. Um, then we also got a report from THR this week that Joe Taslin, the star of the raid has joined the mortal Kombat movie as sub zero. Um, additionally, the film's writer confirmed that the movie will be R rated and contain faint fatalities. So, uh, this is definitely a different version of the movie they're going for. This isn't the campy versions we got in the nineties, um, that were pretty bad. If you ask me, um, instead Joe Taslin, like a legit action, you know, dude, is coming into play Sub Zero. It's going to be R-rated. It's going to be bloody and gory and violent. And 
Um, I think that's going to be very interesting. You're going to have to keep this budget very low if you're going R-rated with Joe Taslim as potentially your main guy because mm-hmm. he's great, but how many people know his name? Not a lot. So you're banking on the IP more than your stars at this point, especially if you're going to go with like actual martial artists for all these roles. Yeah. So. I hope that's the case they go. I hope that works for them. Um, and I'm glad to see Joe land this big role. Yeah, same here. I mean, like, well, also, like, you got to keep the budget low because you need your v- You need to keep everything else low so you can just throw it all into VFX because yeah. we're going to go to the theater to see someone's intestines yanked <laughs> out of their, you know, their body or through their mouth or whatever the case is and their heart extracted from their chest and, like, squashed like a grape. Is that a fatality too, I imagine? I have no idea. I don't know. A lot of ankles are going to be broken and a lot of femurs and yes. So they just turn it into a raid movie. I haven't seen a raid movie, but turn it into They're it. Great. That way I can see like a raid-ish movie. I was looking at some of the behind the scenes camera work for the raid and like the one takes while they're in the car yeah. and how they did that. So impressive. Remember when I lent you the raid movies for like five months and you didn't watch them? It was like six months. It was a lot. It was a long time. <laughs> it was a very time. long time and I was upset. <laughs> you I'll did not watch them. them. I think they're on Netflix or something now, aren't well, they? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they are. Um, you should definitely check them out. The raid Josh training. and everybody who's listening, check out the raid and the raid too because they're both great. Um, and we'll ra- we'll wrap up this episode with two pieces of casting here. Uh, Don Cheadle joined Space Jam Two according to Deadline in a mystery role, and then THR reported that Samuel L. Jackson joined Saw as Chris Rock's father. Which one are you more excited about? Don Cheadle in Space Jam. Don Cheadle is really good off on offbeat comedy. And so you throw him in there as the, the straight person or like the uh, I'm like oh, I'm in over my head ah. He'll be perfect for that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Samuel Jackson saw movie is weird. It's like, oh, that's never thought I would see the light that that day come. I have no idea what to make of those movies. And then again, we we saw Samuel Jackson in that Shade movie. No. Um, Search of the Ness. Snatch. Nope, nope, nope. Um, same movie. Had three movies all have the same title. Shaft. Shaft. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's either going to be really great or just. You know, another payday for Sam. Yeah, so, I guess so. He doesn't need it. He's doing. No, he's, he's, he's doing everywhere. fine, and he looks like he's going to be in plenty of Marvel movies in the future. So, um, I, I'll also go with Don Cheadle. I'm excited to see him join Space Jam too. It's like him, uh, LeBron, AD, <laughs> Clay, and uh, Sneak with Martin Green. Like you know, it's got a it's got a solid cast, and uh, you know, excited to see what that movie turns out to be currently filming so uh, hopefully we'll learn more about it soon um next week as we've mentioned before we're gonna be back with a review of lion king because that is all we have for this episode uh we'll also be back this week with a big question this week tackling netflix um and whether or not they're potentially saving the movie industry question mark tune in for that on wednesday let us know what you guys think uh, about it as well um you can do so by tweeting us at from the film you can follow me personally on twitter at movie cooper and you can get at me josh at just joshua ryan and if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share retweet and more plus head over to itunes and give us a five-star view with comments thanks again for tuning in to the offensive podcast josh thank you for stopping in everyone and be sure to turn next week for our future episodes